Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom, and I'm back with another great interview with my friend Adam Rick from ModernFrontier.com. In this 199th episode of the Small Scale Life Podcast, Adam and I are talking about creating heritage meals and deep roots in central Wisconsin. I like to call this episode, All Roads Lead to Oxford, Wisconsin. As you'll find out, Adam and I spent time in the woods and on the water less than five miles apart when we were growing up. We have a shared heritage and a shared past. In the small town of Oxford, Wisconsin, there's no question that our relatives sat around the fire telling tall fishing and hunting tales, discussing business, and having a really good time. Much of my history, heritage, and ties were lost when my grandparents and my dad passed away. A lot has been forgotten or just not passed down. To find someone like Adam that shares your heritage, meals, and deep roots from the same small town is like giving a thirsty desert traveler a jug of water. It's a precious gift indeed, and it should remind us that the world is an incredibly small place. The only way to give and receive that kind of gift is by putting yourself out there and connecting. So who is Adam Rick? Adam was recently on the Small Scale Life podcast talking about his Wisconsin homestead and his meat business partnership with the Amish. Adam and his Amish partners are focusing on restoring old soil using regenerative agriculture principles while bringing great tasting beef, pork, and chicken to the market. Adam recently lost his job, and he's making a solid push on this business venture. It's his full-time job now. I would like to personally thank everyone who's purchased meat from Adam in the past couple weeks. And yes, some of you did. You're making a huge difference. As I mentioned in the last Small Scale Life podcast, you can now buy quality grass-fed meat at the following site, amodernfrontier.com. Meat boxes currently for sale include... A butcher's dozen ground beef, that's 13 pounds of grass-fed ground beef packed in one-pound packages. One-eighth grass-fed beef box, that's approximately 35 to 37 pounds per box. And then new is a quarter pastured pork box, and that's 23 to 24 pounds per box. Use code SMALL, S-M-A-L-L, all in caps, and you'll get $25 off beef, pork, or chicken boxes. That's right. Use code SMALL, S-M-A-L-L, in all caps, and get $25 off. You can chat with Adam on the site if you have any questions, or you can email him at modernfrontier at gmail.com. For full disclosure, this is not an affiliate for me or for Small Scale Life. I want to help a friend get his business going. I receive no payments or percentages from any sales. I'm just helping a friend out. So buy from Adam. He will really appreciate it. Now, with that out of the way, let's do our Hall of Heroes. It's hard to have a bad day when you start your day or your podcast with gratitude. There's a lot to be thankful for this week, including Adam Rick for being a great guest on the Small Scale Life podcast. I hope some of you take the chance to buy some meat from Adam. We'll have more from Adam in the future. I've got two more podcast episodes from our interview. It, it was really long and it was really good. So we'll, we'll space that out a little bit. We have some other guests to get to as well. We have Toolman Tim Cook from the Toolman Tim's Workshop for having me on his show twice in January and early February. So one time I was on a Sunday night show for an interview and more recently, I was uh, on the Spotlight member of the community. I have links in the show notes to those videos, and I'll have Tim on the show soon. He's a great guy. Really love talking with him. Uh, My friend Amy Digman from A Farmer's Kind of Life for recently interviewing Julie and me about making the decision and moving to Driftless Oaks Farm. We had a fun time talking with her, and again, she'll be on the show really soon. So it was just a great conversation, and that is hitting the podcast, her podcast, this week. So we also have Mariah, the energy healer, for having a 
great sound healing session last week and for recording a couple episodes with us. We'll release those shows in the near future, so stay tuned. And finally, I would like to thank all of you. Julie and I are about to release the 200th, 200 200? 200th episode of the Small Scale Life Podcast, and we're so excited to bring you the next phase of this journey. Stay tuned. 2022 is going to be an incredible ride, and we're going to learn a lot. So let's learn together. Now, if you want to be on the show, please reach out to me at realsmallscalelife at gmail.com. Now, let's get on to the main topic of today's show, creating heritage meals and deep roots in central Wisconsin with Adam Rick, or all roads lead to Oxford, Wisconsin. So where did you learn to cook? How did you figure out that you had this love of cooking and working with food, especially from our Czechoslovakian past, my friend? How did you, where did this come from? I need to know. It was hit over my head, beat into my brain by my mother. Oh yeah. And then every single time I saw my grandma and then every single time I saw my aunts and my great aunts and they kept beating in my head. And eventually I took it and go, Oh yeah, this is fun. Yeah, you guys are right. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm still in denial that I really don't like cooking, but they just beat it over my head so much. Um, no, you love it. Stop that. Yeah, you do. It's the history. Yeah. Family history. Like I didn't realize how cool my family history really was until I got older. Mm -hmm. And I really wish I would have been able to spend more time doing the family history, looking at the family history. But my mom, uh, she would always sit there and go, Adam, you, you have to learn how to cook. And like, mom, there's McDonald's. No, you, yeah. Adam, you need to know how to cook. And she was right. She's absolutely right. Like, because I knew how to cook, I was able to save my a lot of money because I knew that I could cook good food at home. I would knew how to make that. I was okay with making mistakes mm-hmm. when it comes to cooking. That's one of the biggest things when it comes to learning how to cook. You have to be willing to make the mistake of you might screw this up. It might not taste good. And you got to be okay with that. So I like the historical ideas of it. And then I, the thing that kind of really got me, I think, was my mom made something called yatsia. It's a barley sausage. Okay. Uh, or yatsanitsa. Uh, no, I've heard of yatsanitsa. Uh, so yeah, it's a barley sausage. It's boudin is a rice and sausage, Cajun sausage. Okay. Each, uh, the Irish might have a potato sausage. Yep. Yep. Um, The Germans, uh, they had, I believe they had a potato sausage also. Uh, It's these sausages that have, are mostly a fill. And what these sausages were used for is when the, uh, men would go out into the fields or mm-hmm. go out into the woods. They had something that they'd normally eat it cold. They'd have something that had a lot of calories, hmm. and a lot of protein in it that they could eat. That was basically a travel meal. Yeah. And basically it's your sandwich because they hmm. didn't have a sandwich. They had a sausage. Okay. So the Yatsunitsa is a barley and they took all the scraps, all the offal and everything else, mm-hmm. and they ground that up and they uh, from the pig and they put all the season in there. They season a lot with cayenne and uh, red pepper. Hmm. Uh, r- uh, red peppers are a big, big thing to 
the Slovakian, uh, Czechoslovakian. Yes. My and grandpa, my grandpa was Czechoslovakian. He liked the hot stuff. So he liked yeah. the tamales. He liked the, um, oh, he made this stuff Harissa or Harissa. And it's like a, a peppery, really hot spread kind of stuff. And he made sausages like crazy too. So I don't think he made any like blast your brain out, you know, hot sausage or right. anything like that. But he was definitely right in with all of that, making sausages and all these kind of things. So yes, totally, totally. Uh, this is where the connection is. <laughs> so so we, yeah, we went out to uh, my mom. Uh, made this uh, Yatsunitsa yeah. for all my great uncles and my great uncles, they started going, Oh, this is, this is almost like what, uh, what great grandma used to make. Wow. Well, well, they would say mom uh, used to make, and they're like, Oh, this is delicious, you know, but it just missing something. So I started going down this rabbit hole and I was looking, well, what was the, di- what's the difference? Why? did grandma's taste different than what ours tastes like mm-hmm. i started realizing okay well we're using just ground pork okay well you have to use a couple of the offals in there you have to use the way they cooked it they would take the entire pig's head oh and they would boil it yeah they pull all the meat off and mm-hmm. that's they got all that pork flavor in it, into it so we you know we did we started playing around with a couple of different things. We used pork hocks um, and pulled the meat off of pork hocks, getting all that gravy and that broth into uh, the barley. And then I found out that my great grandma was a big fan of a couple different uh, bell peppers. Her favorite was the uh, beaver dam uh, pepper. It's a hmm. Wisconsin heritage breed of uh, peppers. That sounds and like a Seed Savers Exchange pepper, right? The Seed Savers is. got it? Okay. Seed Saver has it. That's I, I want to get from. some of that this year. Yes, and that's on my list. big. Oh, are baby. Huge. I'm huge. They're totally huge. Big, beautiful peppers. Oh, excellent peppers. So they, had the, oh. they got this great big pepper. And gotta get my notes. Now you're talking. Oh boy, my get, get the notes out. Not like it's being recorded or anything. I, yeah, um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, it says notes on it, man. It does say notes. Okay. <laughs> I, I can confirm that. And uh, confirm for all you podcasters that aren't wa- or podcast listeners that aren't watching the YouTube. So, man. so beaver damn bell peppers. All right. And it's Wisconsin stuff. So, yes, this is what we're doing. Yeah, I love it. Keep going. I'm so yeah, so uh, they took the beaver dam. Pe- we took the beaver dam peppers, and they're just a little bit sweeter uh, on there. And uh, we put all this, all these ingredients together. And we uh, we have a family picnic up in Oxford, and we brought it up to my uh, my great uncles, and they absolutely loved it. They my one uncle, he actually started tearing up. He goes, what? this is exactly it. This is it. This is it. Uh, what's the recipe? And we gave him the recipe and he goes, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone else will ever make it, but uh, yeah. Yatsanitsa. It's, mm. uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to get, get you the recipe, Tom. Yes. See, and okay. So this is the difference between your family and my family. So my, my grandma, was Polish. My grandpa was Czechoslovakian. And um, 
you know, my grandpa was all the sausage and stuff, but he died in like the early eighties, like 1980. And so 1982 or so, but we, I was young, you know, I was only like 10 years old, you know, or so. And we just wasn't ready for that kind of stuff. Wasn't ready to dig into that stuff until much later. Like the reason small scale life is here, small scale gardening was my first blog and small scale life is here is because my grandparents are dead. My dad is dead. My grandmas are dead. But all that knowledge, all that history, all of that stuff, gone. So now there's a record of this journey that we are on and that we are experimenting with all this stuff. I mean, my grandpa was a forager, a, a, a shiner, a whiner, you know, made a lot of wine, uh, hunted fish, all this, did all this stuff, had his own little smoker, did all this stuff and all that it's gone. You know, all I have is some memories and in, in a rusty old, well, not even rusty, but a still from that he made his moonshine with, you know, and, and my other grandpa learned how to make wine from my mom's dad. So he really went into the winemaking. I mean, he made wine out of everything, but you know, we don't have the recipes. We don't have the way it was done. We don't have that knowledge. So we're building it all from scratch, really. So the sausage creation thing, we're, we're going to have sausage making as part of our thing. We're going to try to build some of this from scratch. So um, having somebody who has the connections, because Czechoslovakian food, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you, dude. I don't know what they eat. I don't, I couldn't do any recipes. I don't know. So even Polish stuff, like my grandma did all the cook, but she, she would look at the cooking shows and say, what is everybody making a big deal out of meals for? My God, it's just meals. We're just making out food. And it's like, well, you're a good cook. And this is kind of the stuff that we need to know, you know, I mean, to carry on these traditions, because it is tradition, right? It's food, it's tradition. It's bringing the family together. And yes, this is how grandma made it. This is how mom made it. This is, this is good, right? There's some connection there. There's some ancestor. There's something that passes through that gift of food to the people today. And they're like, I want to do that too. Yeah. Heritage, you know, yeah. it comes down to heritage, heritage meals, uh, knowing I, I try to at least once a week, make a meal that I not only that has a story, your food mm. should have a story behind it. Even if it's, uh, this, well, actually every meal has a story to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, is it a horror story or is it a love story or is it a story of history? Um, and, you know, that's where it's kind of cool is when you're cooking from your heritage, you can kind of start feeling like this is why my grandma did this. This is yeah. why my grandpa did that. Mm -hmm. um, you start, they start understanding mm -hmm. why, why they ate the way they ate. Um uh, one of my favorite things to do is cook uh, potato dumplings. Mm. Potato dumplings are just, to my opinion, one of the most delicious things you can possibly uh, make. It's I make potato dumplings and I make a cheese sauce. And then just for a good measure uh, for a comfort food, I put bacon on top. It's like, it's like uh, macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes made sweet love. And had, had, <laughs> Potato dumplings and cheddar cheese uh, <laughs> sauce. It's oh, just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and potatoes were were big with the Polish and Czechoslovakian. I mean, a lot of cultures yeah. there in Europe. Uh, my my grandma made 
potato pancakes and they were the bomb. We loved them. And they were, I mean, she would grate the freaking potatoes by hand and they were really freaking good, but so much work, you know, and, and that's something I want to play with a little bit too, is to actually make those and make some pierogies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to make some pierogies, but yeah, there's so many good recipes out there. I don't understand why, like there there's, fine dining is always French or like there's some uniqueness, you know, you got the ones down in uh, Indian, uh, Indian cuisines and don't get me wrong. They're great. Uh, But try looking for a meal that your family made comes from your culture and try to make that and make it the best you can. Yeah. Um, And it, it, it really speaks a lot. Like, the Polish and Slovakian uh, cultures, they loved doing their uh, uh, soups. They oh, would make yeah. a lot of soups. And there was always a soup for every tradition. Mm. Um, coming up here pretty quick, I'm going to be making the two uh, soups that we make every year uh, for Christmas. Uh, we do a sauerkraut mushroom soup. We use Jules wild mushrooms. Jules out for that. She ain't doing that, dude. No, <laughs> there's no. two things she doesn't like: sauerkraut and wild mushrooms. Out, done. Not making that one. <laughs> and then we do a vegetarian bean soup. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it's only vegetarian because that. Could you sneak some meat into it? Come on, man. Just a little bit of meat. Well, you can, (laughs) but you, okay. So tradition of in, uh, in uh, Czechoslovakia is you don't eat meats on Christmas Eve. Ah. Uh, So you wake up, you don't eat meat. You'll eat eggs. You'll eat cheese. You'll eat everything else, but you won't eat meat up. and, And then at midnight, uh, they would go to the midnight mass and they come back from midnight oh, mass mm. and then they'd eat and they, they'd eat all the meals. Uh, mm. uh, they'd have usually ground rounds, okay. uh, uh, cannibals, uh, sandwiches per se, mm. uh, beef tartare. If you want to be sure. fancy about it. Sure. Uh, was <laughs> that pinkies out, right? Oh yeah. Pinkies <laughs> out. They what, had, what was the other thing you said? Uspanina. Uspanina, what the heck is that? Uspanina, oh, it's uh, it's basically pig flavored Jello. Oh, uh, Solta is what my Polish grandmother on my dad's oh, yeah. side called it. It's a uh, yeah, the gelatinous pig stuff. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard it called uh, by a, another Polish guy. Uh, he, he called it uh, cold feet. Oh, interesting. Okay, so what you do is you take. Uh, the pork hocks mm-hmm. as you, you, you cook them down as much as you possibly can, uh, two or three hours, you know, you cook them down real, real good. And you make that into a nice broth and get all that gelatin out of that, those, uh, those hocks there. And then you pull all the meats, uh, out of it and you take the fat off as much as you can and you let it cool down. Now you have a lot of onion, you you have like a mere paw that you cook it in, but then you have all the onions and garlic mm-hmm. in there. You have little chunks of that in, into the broth and you have all those little chunks of meat. And as that 
uh, broth cools down, it's uh, it jollifies. Okay. It, it, it gets gelatinous. Yep. Yep. And then you sit there and you cut it in the little squares. You pull uh, each square out and it like melts in your mouth. It's not a very pleasant texture, but the flavor is that of the best soup base you could possibly find. Yeah. So my, yeah, my grandparents on my dad's side, always, Oh, Natalie, she, she was from uh, Pulaski and her brothers were butchers and the big Polish side. And, um, yeah, they would always have that. And uh, my dad would kind of choke it. He he always said he choked it down, but he ate it. And we were kids and we were like, no, I'm not touching that thing. But it's a delicacy, apparently. And uh, I, I heard it was always made out of a pig, you know, the pig head. And you make it out of that. But hawks, that makes sense, too. So interesting. Hmm. It's possible. You know, I, you can make it out of all sorts of things. Right. Um, the thing that's. If for the longest time before I made it myself, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I can do this. And I tried it and I'm like, okay, it's good, but I, I just can't. It's just, there's something to it. I made it myself. And then I realized all it is, is one of my soup bases. Mm. That's just cold. Hmm. Like, well, that's it. That's all it is. It's a soup base. That's cold. Yeah. And I've been into bone broth lately. So maybe I'm just, I need to. But it's cold bone broth. Yeah. yeah, that's all it is. Cold bone broth. It's, yeah. it's health food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they would eat tartare. They would eat solta, or what was what was the Czechoslovakian word for it? Uh, would be uh, uspanina. Uspanina. What else would they have? Oh, it's like see, cold well, cuts and that kind of stuff, like salamis or sausage cut up or something like that. Or yeah, they, they would they would have have some different sausages. Uh, they'd have uh, usually a ham. Okay, you'd have a uh, a ham uh, cut up, uh, sliced up. Usually some smoked fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, My grandpa was game. really into smoked fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah wild game. Yeah, it, you know, yeah, man, so that's a feast. Oh yeah, we. We're big people. What can I say? <laughs> the The cool thing is over the past few years, this year was a little different just with moving into the farm. We weren't ready for it yet, but um, we always gather our immediate family. On, I call it the Yule celebration. It's in September or, or football and pie, if you will, but it's early Christmas essentially. So um, this is the place. This is the time where, you know, when I was doing it, I would make a small smoked uh pork roast or you know something really hearty really big kind of cool and we didn't do it this year but next year we're going to do it so it'd be kind of fun to incorporate some of the stuff into it that'd be a lot of fun so with my yule log too because i do have a nice i mean i should get a piece of birch but it's a piece of ironwood from from eagle's ridge that i want to start carving up so yeah it's good stuff nice yeah any kind of czechoslovakian meal that would be around uh new year's at all for the new year's celebration anything like that uh we always just did a uh, prime rib okay so we uh we were pretty standard i would i would love to sit there and have a conversation about that with my great aunt my one great aunt she's i think mid 90s now my god is she a firecracker yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i should give you one of my recorders you go tape that thing because this is the kind of thing we really need to do is capture this information from this older generation before they go to their next stage. I mean, this is stuff that just is 
not replaceable because times were different back then. And that information didn't get passed on a lot of times. It just, it was assumed to be passed down, but it didn't get to us, at least for me anyway. So. It wasn't needed. Yeah. It, you know, and that's where, you know, from generation to generation over thousands of, of years, the information that was needed was passed on, but all yeah. of a sudden technology took over and replaced all that information. Well, we don't need that information. Right. They actually kind of do, you know, you kind of do need, need to know that. I, I think the other thing that happened is the Americanization of everything where we're in this new world. Our ancestors came over this new world and they, they got into this American culture and they kind of forgot or jettisoned. I mean, they might've been escaping something. They might've been leaving hard conditions back in the old world. And they maybe didn't want to have that connection or that tie. And they, they got in the prosperity of the American dream. You know, maybe they forgot about that kind of stuff, but for us, our age, and maybe even our younger kids, I know, I know my one son is this way. There's a, there's a hole there. Right. And they're, and, and they want to know we, I want to know. And uh, I know my youngest son really wants to know and really wants to understand and, and feel that there's something, there's something to it. You know, I don't know what it is, but there's something to it. And there's some of us are looking that way of the old ways and how was this done? And, and frankly, we're going to be making some of these old ways ourselves. The new ways are going to become the old ways, right? The Yule celebration or, or, you know, if I can, if I can talk to you and figure out something to bring for new year's, that'll be pretty cool. So um, yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'd absolutely. Be cool. Yeah. No, we, yeah. So let's collaborate on that, my friend. All right. That's that not good. <laughs> or something or something that wasn't served on New Year's, but it's something that our relatives would have made, something that we could do and that I could make and bring. I think that'd be great. So uh, I bet you that uh, bean soup um, mm -hmm. or the, you know, if you can find enough people that would uh, like it, the mushroom, wild mushroom sauerkraut soup, uh, either one of those. Because that was a traditional meal. My grandpa would always say the mushroom sauerkraut soup signified the sourness, signified all the bitterness of life huh. and come into the new new year. The mushrooms were signified being able to bring something from the wild and uh, that God's going to provide. Hmm. And it was also, he said it also signified the the Jews coming out of Egypt, coming through the wild, and then uh, being able to make something good out of out of something better. It was it's kind of a nice thought process that that he had. I don't know how true that is, but I do know for a fact that many Slovakian families would have that uh, for their Christmas celebration. Uh, the bean soup was not as traditional, but it is. Heard a couple families doing that also, but yeah, you could even just making a sausage. You have the equipment to make a sausage. You could do the uh, the traditional uh, Slovakian sausage. Is that the barley one, or is that something different? No, there's a different sausage. Okay, it's basically, it, it's basically like a spicy Polish sausage with uh, more garlic and red pepper in it. Really. Yeah, that sounds really good, man. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It, it actually has Dormez uh, in the name of it or Domas. <laughs> D-O-R-M-A-S. Huh. Domas. What's interesting is Doms in Belarus means house or home, which is kind of cool. But anyway, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, 
I've got a meat grinder. I don't think I have a stuffer. I would have to get a lem thing, a lem grinder sausage stuffer guy. Cause I don't yeah, have yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, I have to add that to my Christmas list. Mm, there you or, if go. They, or if someone out there wants to get me that, you know, I'll add it to a wish list. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for podcasting at its finest, right? Oh, there you go. <laughs> Some people do that kind of stuff. It's crazy, but yeah, yeah. the bean soup, I could do the bean soup. I think that would be something that we could make and bring over there that uh, people would probably like, you know what I mean? And you could also add ham to it. Right. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. If you got that recipe, I would, I would love it, dude. Seriously. I do have the recipe. I can definitely get that for you. That's cool, dude. Awesome. Um, That'd be a fun yeah. story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you get those little stories of, uh, of, of the of heritage of, of the history we also have a pickle soup uh pickle in, soup. in our family so slovakians they really are very proud of their soups okay and my aunts and my uh mom and they they believe you can make a soup out of anything <laughs> so my great grandma this is during the great depression she was kind of that july area of the sure. garden where the garden wasn't producing Mm -hmm. it was just you know all this all the early vegetables are are done with yep you know you're you're in your next session and it's like well what do i make right your tomatoes aren't ready yet your your squash isn't ready yet yep yep it's that low period she looks up at the uh up on very top shelf and there's this crock with a bunch of pickles in it and she goes I'm going to make that into a soup. So she goes and she gets the crock down off the uh, the shelf. She uh, chops up all the pickles and she made a basically a cream of pickle soup. That's weird, dude. <laughs> and no one's been able to reproduce it the way she makes the, uh, she made it. But uh, it's actually not bad. Hmm. It's not bad. It's uh, heavy with dill. Okay, obviously. And my mom, my mom's made it two different ways. She'll make it hot, then she'll make it, she'll make it cold. So like a, it's a cold soup and which makes a lot more sense in uh, middle of summer. Mm-hmm. Having this nice, creamy, cold soup. It's actually really good. Hmm. You're crazy. It's weird. It's yeah, weird. Don't get me wrong. It's weird. Like, no. <laughs> no, come Pickle on. Soup. I, I mean, we're both wearing, we're, what's that? If I would make it, you try it out. I would try it. I promise you I would try it. it would, we would have to do it live stream, and I wouldn't make a face. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody wants to know, this is what it's like when, when Adam and I get together and we go to a, a fine establishment and we're sitting there for like a couple hours. We start talking about this really interesting stuff and going down some really fun rabbit holes. So it's uh, I always enjoy my conversations with you, man, because, yeah, these are good. This is good stuff. I mean, this is the good ADHD. stuff. ADHD. Uh, no, it's it's good because so many people talk about weather and the politics, but this is really interesting, you know. Well, good. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it because I'm I'm certainly enjoying it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we can kind of go down that uh, path if you like. Of how does I how did all the roads lead to Oxford? Like, yeah. I guess you we can start off with how you and I met, which right. is 
we don't even know. No, just we we we're friends on Facebook or something I think, like I think, that. Somehow. I think we have to blame Jack Spierko uh, from yeah, the Survival yeah. Podcast. He had a there was a uh, like a fan group, a TSB Wisconsin group, and maybe maybe it was there um, that I joined it and you joined it, and you you had what I remembered is you had a little group down there near where you were living that would gather on occasion. I thought that was kind of interesting, but I think, I think it's either that or the Minnesota, Wisconsin GSD group that I started that we still haven't gotten together yet, but we will. Um, maybe it might've been either one of those two, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was probably one of those, uh, something to do with TSB. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, some, I think maybe it was you posted your podcast up on, uh, the survival podcast, Facebook page. Maybe so. And I think that might have been like, oh, this guy's actually from, uh, he's from Wisconsin, but he's uh, in, in Minnesota. Minnesota and, poor bastard. No. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, but as we started to talk, it was, when, when, when did we figure it out that? Well, okay, so you kept posting stuff that you were over at uh, the Redneck. And I was like, that has, to, there's only one Redneck bar. And then started going, oh he's in Oxford. Okay. Yeah. So then we finally, uh, met up, uh, one day, uh, over at a brewery. I think that's yeah, it was outside of Milwaukee. We met there. Yep. And, uh, went over to Delfield brew house. No, water De- street brewery yep. in Delfield. Right. Right. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So we're sitting there and go, and I asked you, I'm like, so what do you have in Oxford? You know, and then you're like, oh, well, my family and everything else. And uh, then we started talking about somehow we got onto Slovakian. Right, right. Uh, so, and that we both have Czechoslovakian blood. Right. So what it was is uh, to, to clue everybody in on, on the, the bar stool discussion. So my grandparents in the, my grandpa worked uh, as a machinist at AMC and he got into insurance and he had a heart attack and he decided that. You know, they had been coming up to the Wisconsin River up near um, Mauston, Wisconsin, for years, and they really wanted to get up there. So uh, decided to kind of what we're doing, leave the urban life, leave the stress, get out to the country. And they bought a resort, a small mom and pop resort on Lake Jordan near Oxford, Wisconsin. And it was a contract for deal deed, uh, a deal, uh, a contract for deed deal. Um, the person that lived on the point was a banker and he told my grandpa and my grandma, he said, you know, you're not going to make it. I'm, this is a safe bet because in a couple of years, I'm going to have all this property back. And as a Czechoslovak, what would you say if somebody said that to you, dude? I, I, I'd probably swear. Uh, right. A little F, bit. F you were doing this and you're never going to touch this property again. So that's what went on in my grandpa's brain. I guarantee you that because that's what would go on in my brain. And they bought it in 1956. And didn't sell it until my grandma died in like 2010. So all those years, they ran a small little resort near Oxford, Wisconsin. And my grandma was Polish. My grandpa was Czechoslovakian. And my mom would talk about picnics. They would go to these Polish picnics and they go to Czechoslovakian picnics. I thought, well, I don't know what they were doing. But it turns out it was probably over at your parents' house or your grandparents' place in Oxford, Wisconsin. It was like, you know, holy crap. Right, right, right down the road. Uh, my family every year would have something they'd call the Slovakian picnic. And they 
my family is very uh, gregarious type of people. And they knew anyone and everyone around the area. And they meet someone, they sit there and invite them on over. Right. Um, and so therefore, we kind of figured out that my my great aunts and uncles probably met your grandparents. Yep. Uh, it's, it's almost a certainty that almost they a certainty. Knew, knew each other. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, Czechoslovakian folk in the, in the same, <laughs> within a few miles and my grandpa bought some, uh, he bought 120 acres of tree. Uh, well, he made it into a tree farm just down the road from where your grandparents' place was. And, and then my dad bought his little farm a little further back. So there's all of this stuff that was happening right there. I guarantee you they were going to the same places and, and meeting and talking and stuff. I guarantee it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, they were interested in the same things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my my great uncle bought the piece of property in the late 50s. So yep. just a few years later. Where did they live um, before that? Was that? Where did they live before that? Uh, they 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 lived in Milwaukee, about uh, fifty. Well, it was about fiftieth in capital. So my grandparents lived in Kenosha, so just a little okay. far south. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they, uh, uh, they bought when they first came over here. Uh, the last name is Boot is uh, is Budiak now. It was Boot Jock. Hmm. in uh, Slovakia. And apparently one of the things is Bucak is means landowner. Hmm. Um, it also means one boots. That, that's another family uh, history. That's kind of interesting. So the boots, uh, or so when they came to the U S they didn't have much uh, of anything. And they said, we're going to be landowners. Hmm. And they bought a, a house, a duplex, and they were very proud of themselves. They were landowners. And then they would sit there and they'd rent out the duplex to somebody in the family. And then that person would save enough money and they'd buy another mm-hmm. property and do the same thing over and over again. So they just kept multiplying. And before long, we took over, over uh, a large area of uh, Milwaukee. Wow. And they owned at one point from, I want to say it was 40... Uh, right about 45th streets and capital uh all the way out to uh a portion of 124th street wow holy they smokes. Own a big farming area oh wow it's mostly farmed uh between several different uh communities uh hmm. or several different people in the family great aunts and uncles and everything else and great great grandpas and whatever else so they own this huge area well, they were contractors and World War II happens. And then they decided that when they got back, well, they were going to sell off the lots. So they sold the lots off, but they were going to build the houses. Mm. So they were, they built all, uh, most of the houses in that area wow. from that area were built by my uh, great aunts and uncles. That's pretty well, cool. My, uh, my one uh, uncle, he was a Mason. And he built up, uh, he had quite a good business going and he decided, I want a place to go hunt and fish. (laughs) So he bought that uh, place up in Oxford and uh, said, hey, this is family land. Everyone's everyone's able to come up here whenever they want and enjoy it. So they came up and enjoyed it. And it looked like a gypsy camp up there. We had, at one time, (laughs) there was probably over 20 uh, trailers that are put up on blocks that are just 
there and people would just go and enjoy it and um, no electricity. Uh, there was one building, a two-car garage that was built uh, in the middle of the property and there was a well there and um, that was their hunting cabin. It was right on this little lake called McDougal Lake, mm-hmm. which is a glorified pond. Yep. Uh, just uh, just downstream from Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, my my grandparents were into real estate and my grandma was a broker and she bought, you know, they were selling properties in, in that area and um, and they they bought and sold and they had similar mindsets. So there, there's no doubt that they were, who knows, maybe they're sitting around a campfire and they're saying, Hey, this is a property, you know, you should maybe look at getting some property. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. And it's amazing how that worked, you know, and I'm sure that happened at one point or another, you know? And so then, uh, somehow their, uh, their offspring 40, 50 years down the road, <laughs> Bump into each other on uh, on this new thing called thing called uh, face face Facebook ba- book of and, face yes <laughs> and uh, yeah then yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, we uh, started talking figured out hey we both uh, our families have a lot of things in common here so mm-hmm. that yeah. that's a to me that's just an amazing story of how small this it world is. is. Right. And it's how important, how important is to actually sit down with somebody in person and have a couple of uh, soda pops and, and maybe some onion rings or something and have a chat and, and just kind of talk just honestly and openly. And you never know where it's going to take you, you know, you never know where the river's going to take you. And uh, it's, it's been fun. I mean, you're like the missing link for me, you know what I mean? For, for connection on some things that were lost in time, you know, and uh, I, I, I appreciate that. So I, I appreciate, I appreciate that uh, we, you spent the time and said, Hey, let's get together, you know, because I think you were the one that said, Hey, let's get together. And I was like, okay, why not? You know, I don't know who this creepy guy is, but I kind of like him. <laughs> hey, you put yourself out there saying, Hey, if I'm ever in the area and everyone wants to, you know, cause you I did. you're out there in the middle of nowhere. You're, you're bored. You're away from your, your lovely wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, you sit there and you want to go. Hey, let's let's go have a beer with some weird guy. Right and there we go. Well, and I and I have to say that the homesteading community, the people out there that are doing this kind of stuff, are some of the most genuine. I mean, yeah, there's always weirdos, right? But there's some really cool people, like people in Ohio that I've met, the people in in Colorado and Wyoming that I've met, like Michael Jordan, the Bee Whisperer. I mean, what a cool dude that is. You know, he's got a lot of interesting stories and and just I've met so many cool people by doing this podcast and connecting. It's really, it's been really fun, you know, and, um, you know, we're back at community again, just like that. <laughs> Absolutely. It always comes back to community. Like it does. If you don't put yourself out there, you, you know, you, how do you expect to make a bunch right. of friends and meet a bunch of people if you don't put yourself out there right right there's a uh there's a guy that showed up in um the living free in tennessee uh telegram group you know nicole sauces group and uh i'm part of that group on telegram and you're not there i don't think right brother no no no, i'm not not on that so um but he's over in he's over in marquette county somewhere i mean so uh you know i was trying to lay it on out to him and uh we'll see if he responds to me if he he got scared off or something, but, uh, he's got like 90 acres over that away. So, um, and he's 
new to homesteading, new to all this stuff. So he is, um, so more mentorship opportunities, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I can, uh, if he uh, ever responds back, yeah, I can uh, more than happy to help him, uh, hook him up with, with a lot of people over there. I know that's where a lot of people I know are. Right. Right. Well, and, and I'm going to be heading that back that way. I mean, I sold my 38 acres to my mom, but it's still in the family. And I'm going to be there this weekend over in, in Oxford um, at our family land. And uh, hopefully my son, will, who just got his first deer, hopefully he gets something during muzzleloader season, which is great. So these are memories. I mean, somewhere up, somewhere my grandpa is smiling, right? I mean, this, my son, he got his first deer on this property. My brother got his first deer on this property. I mean, that's a, that's a really cool legacy. I got, well, I didn't get my first turkey there, but I have gotten turkeys there too. My son got his first turkey there. This is what it's all about, right? That connection, that, that thing, that, that hole is getting filled in a little bit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. No, my, the land that I, I spent most of my childhood on, so I grew up on the bad side of Milwaukee um, and I, I loved any aspect I could of the outdoors because that was the opposite of where I was. Right. right. And my family would, my, my dad or my mom or my stepdad would, or sometimes they just dropped me off my grandma and grandpa and my grandma and grandpa would take me up there. Sure. And I'd be dropped off. Like mm-hmm. literally at, I was 10 years old, they dropped me off and I would go fishing all day long, Yep, run around in the woods, mm-hmm. uh, run around in, in nature. I did that five, six years, you know, yep. until I was able to go do something else, uh, you know, drive a vehicle around and go chase, uh, chase girls or something. At that <laughs> <point>. Um, <clears throat> but we would go fishing all, t- I'd go yep. fishing all and I'd be up there for weeks. Yep. Weeks on end, just mm-hmm. enjoying life. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's how I grew up in my summers too. I was either at my cabin or I'd go down to my grandma's for about two weeks. And it was 24-7 fishing, swimming, to help her out a little bit around the, the resort. But it was it was the best, you know, because the weird, you know, it was just you could do what you needed. You could go swimming if you wanted to, you know, she always said, Oh, you gotta wait for an hour after you eat, but then we're on the beach. Right. And we're, we're out on a, one of her boats way across the lake, catching bass, like crazy. It was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. That was a great place to grow up really. Absolutely. And I didn't realize at the time how special that was. And, right. um, you know, I was saying, listening to all the stories of my uncles uh getting drunk around the fire uh <laughs> talking about world war ii mm, yeah and the things that they saw i had uh i had two uncles there that were uh in one conversation there's two uncles that were both in d-day Yikes. um another one was it was uh, there that he was an eojima wow and They'd sit there and they were talking all the good stuff and everything. And all of a sudden, what they would just get quiet. Yeah. And really knowing that, hearing that from them really changed my perspective on a lot of the history. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you, I heard the history, not from a book. 
but right. from the actual people that were there. Right. Right. And that really changes a lot. And then knowing how much uh, the nature or nature and the lake and the land healed them yeah. and gave them relief. Yeah. Memories mm-hmm. that they'll have for the rest of their lives, you know, right. and for the rest of their lives. And um, they did what they had to do. But yeah, yeah they're now they're, it's it's important to know that nature can heal a lot of things right it can and um our oldest son danny was in afghanistan saw some things and and it was really hard on him you know and the way he he got through it is again in nature but he's doing ultra marathons trail runs and that kind of stuff crazy stuff right 100 mile races and eight hour race i mean just crazy stuff, but it's nature. It's getting out there and connecting and feeling the vibes and the frequencies and the everything. Right. And, and connecting with that. I think that is important. That's, that's something we, we even recognize at Driftless Oaks farm is people are looking for that. I mean, they're, like I said, they're showing up. Right. And um, yeah, we'll just see where that takes us. I mean, we've got some ideas, we've got some real ideas for where this is going to be in like two years. And we'll just see how it plays out. But that whole concept of nature healing and us healing nature too, it goes both ways. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And one little story, um, you know, I I think I told you this one, but my grandpa had a stroke and he, he, he really couldn't move very fast, you know, because part of his, his left side was paralyzed. And, um, we went out to this land, our family land, and and he knew it. I mean, he planted it, you know, with all the pine trees and stuff. It's a pine, it's pines, big red pines, beautiful trees. And we all pile out of the station wagon. We're all kind of mulling around and, and we're actually heading towards the front pines, which was my property. And we turn around and grandpa was like guy with a cane stroke. Like he's like gone, like disappeared. Like nobody knew where he was. I mean, it was some wild stuff. And maybe that's the old Czechoslovakian shepherd guy just gone, you know? And then we were all panicking because where did this guy go? Did he fall down a ditch? We don't even know. And then like 15 minutes later, it's like, he just, he like, it's like a wormhole opened up and here he is. It was weirdest thing ever, dude. I've never, never seen anything like that. You know, (laughs) some weird stuff, man. It's good stuff on the land. That's for sure. So he had some time time by himself to yeah flex. yeah maybe went to his altar or something who knows yeah who knows <laughs> i think i found it to be honest with you um all right so let's wrap this up my friend you have been really good with your time and and this has been a great conversation and i would love to have you back at any time um talking food we can talk how your business is going you know talk whatever right because perch in the Mississippi river. Cause Hey, I know a guy that lives near the Mississippi river. Uh, we can talk our project. We got a big renovation project coming and, um, it's going to be big. It's going to be fun. Um, but, uh, I'm going to shut up now. You, where can we find you? Where can we find your meat products? Where can we find you, my friend? All right. Well, uh, Modern Frontier, uh, modernfrontier.com is the website. Uh, Modern Frontier uh, on Instagram. Also on TikTok, a Modern Frontier. That's a Modern Frontier. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not that I'm the only modern frontier, just <laughs> one of them. Um, you know, you got to make your own uh, modern frontier out there also. I'm also on uh, on Facebook uh, as a modern frontier. But uh, yeah, you can uh, get, get meats from us. Right now we have a bunch of, we will soon have quarter box or quarter pig boxes available. We have eighth of a pig boxes available right now or of uh, beef available right now you can uh, just uh, go to our website or email me a modern frontier at gmail.com is uh, how you can email me and we can have a conversation and get things uh, rolling for you uh, hopefully you can be uh, interested in what we're doing help help me out uh, help me uh, keep uh, uh, restoring the land and help yourself out by getting some nice quality meat and in, in, as as we do it here too so that's right keep following along i think there's going to be a lot of really cool things that are coming down the line here i'm excited to see uh where this uh this journey takes us yeah i am too and and like i said the the mic is always open my friend because it's so much fun talking who knows i might be over your way sometime soon i'm sure there will be some problems near mo- i well i've got some problems over that way that i'm gonna have to make a trip over your way to Wawatosa, Waukesha, all these other places. So I will let you know and we can gather again. And then I'll everyone, I'll keep pushing him for a cookbook because we really need that. And uh, not only for meat, but Czechoslovakian dishes. I think that would be a wonderful gift. Perfect. So if you need some help on that, I would be happy to throw my weight in on that. And we'll always promote it here because I like you for some strange reason. You're a yeah. handsome man. <laughs> hey. It's a Czechoslovakian blood, right? Right. I mean, look at us. We're in green shirts. If you're listening to the podcast, we're both in green shirts. It wasn't planned. We both have very stylish haircuts. We've got beards. I mean, this is this is good stuff. I have that hair going on. It's awesome. I know you do. And, and I got the nice shave on the side. So it's, you know, I mean, I could wear a hat. I was wearing a hard hat today. So it, it doesn't move. And that's a good thing. So. <laughs> Perfect. Well, cool, man. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, bro. And um, we'll be in touch real soon. Um, you know, if anything comes up, well, I know where to find you. And uh, and if you, I'll have links in the show notes to all of his stuff. So if you don't remember that, didn't write it down, that's fine. If you didn't make notes like I did, well, it'll be on smallscalelife.com. Get those site, get those links, go order some beef, order some meats. They're delicious. And we'll have him back on real soon, especially as things progress with, with business and, and his cookbooks. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, man, for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is, it's always fun. Yeah, and and what's cheers in Czechoslovakian? I know I did this to you last time we were together too. Yeah, what 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 is that in Polish? It's stolat. Uh, Mugaleta. Mugaleta. <laughs> did I say it right? Mm-hmm. All right. It means good life. All right. Stolat means drink up or something in Polish. Drink that vodka, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good talking with you, brother, and we'll be in touch real soon. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All right, I'll catch you later. All right. In closing, from the north to the south, 
from the east to the west and everywhere in between. May the gods, spirits, and folk be blessed at this place. May we heal the land and protect the soil, animals, and plants. May we live in strength and love, leading the way as we learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day. This is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast. We'll be back with another show. In the meantime, stay safe and take care, everybody. This has been a production of Small Scale Life Media. You are the greatest wife in the whole wide world. But why is that so low? Here, let me change. Me? All right, try that again. Okay. I am wonderful. I am me. You love me. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's coming through nice. Is it nice and loud? It is nice and loud. Okay. It's on. I know. Keep talking. Okay. What do you want me to say? Yes! Love it. Love it. Love it. I love it. Yes! I sound like a dumbass all the time, so. Yes. Yes.